Hello, my beautiful people. You are tuned into the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, I'm Yashodi, and I am so grateful that you have tuned in to the Planter Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Planter Podcast. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm grateful that you've decided to tune in for yet another episode. So this episode is going to be a little short. We're going to just kind of jump straight to the point here. And we're going to talk about the NSARS movement and briefly just my thoughts on what is going on. So you may have seen it on your Instagram, hashtag NSARS, and basically people in Nigeria are fighting against br- police brutality. So similar to what's going on here in the U.S., Nigerians are fighting in their own country because police have been known to abuse their power, uh, beat and kill civilians, rape women, and then also um, force bribes or coerce people to give them um, bribes and money in order to set people free. And it has been a long-standing problem in Nigeria, especially within the last um, almost 30 years, especially with this SARS department in the police system in Nigeria. And ultimately, SARS was made in order to protect the civilians against robberies or any illegal activity but it seems that SARS have ultimately done the complete opposite of what they were supposed to and hired to do and are the ones terrorizing Nigerians. NSARS now has been a movement in the works uh, I believe for the last three years but what really sparked the current protests that are happening was when a man was seen shot by police and I believe the video was like on social media as well. And that caused a lot of the Nigerian youth to be on the street. So really what they're asking and demanding from the government is not only to reform just the political or the police brutality that is happening in the in the systems for the police and how easy it is for the police to basically terrorize its citizens. They're asking for a reform on that, but they're also asking for a reform on just the system of Nigeria in general literally like changing what happens and how the government interacts with the people. Because if you're Nigerian, you know that Nigerian government is useless. That's just the word that we can describe them honestly and truly. I mean, if you see the videos on YouTube or on YouTube, yeah, on YouTube or social media now, for example, you're going to see that people basically were in these warehouses taking back all of these um, COVID relief, like foods and all these things that basically, um, individuals in the government had held from citizens. And, you know, from personal experience of what was happening in Nigeria during COVID, I know that a lot of my family members were having to give money to people in Nigeria during this time because people were not able to work. Because, you know, in Florida, we had a lockdown, but we had a real lockdown. Nigeria had like a real, real lockdown. People were not able to leave their houses. They were not able to go outside. They were not able to move around. So people were hungry. In Nigeria, it's not like here where we have systems in place 
it, it, well, depending on your, um, I would say your class level now, but majority of Nigerians are on a hustle type of mentality. So they work to eat daily. And then to see this video of basically people taking things that were labeled COVID relief or COVID materials, foods, and all types of resources that were held back from people during COVID, it just has you wondering that, hmm, what, like, what's going on there? Like, like, how did you become this wicked? So you can see from that perspective that, you know, they're asking for reform on like basic necessities, like just basic necessities, basic systems, things that are in place. Like here in the US and Western societies, we have systems. So for example, if you're sick, we have healthcare. If you know you lost your home, there's programs, there's things in place that you can fall back on. But in Nigeria society, it's not that it's not po- impossible to do it, but because of people who are in power, it's, it almost seems as if people get a, a kick out of making people to cry bitterly and just hold back opportunities. So I don't know when you're going to be listening to this episode, but by the time that I release it, it's going to be a week after Black Tuesday. So on October 20th, there were protesters at that point, it had been about two weeks that people had been out in the streets protesting for the reform of czars and then also just systems in Nigeria. And I mean, youth of all ages were there. Um, they met at the Lekki Toll Gate in Lagos and people were gathering. And if you read the accounts of that, of that time, people were saying they saw the lights at the toll gate turn off. And then they saw, um, police like coming and barricading, um, like around the people. And as these youth, as these protesters began to sing the national anthem, the military or police literally shot live ammunition at the protesters. And I didn't know about it until the evening time, right? So I was going about my day like, oh, I'll do my thing, whatever. And I get on social media and I literally see like in flashes, people literally dying on social media. So picture it like this. It's like you are at a protest. You're out in public. You're just filming you're with your friends. You're filming something. And literally within seconds, as you're filming, people are dying around you. And you're capturing this as you're trying to run for your life. And some like just seeing this and hearing about this. I mean, I saw different responses by different Nigerian um, like celebrities that are here in the U.S. and abroad that I follow and just people in general like, oh, pray for Nigeria. Da-da-da. And I'm just looking and I said, what did they do? Did they just really massacre their own people, especially youth? And honestly, I had to get off Instagram, um, get off Facebook, WhatsApp. I had to take a break like Currently, I'm still like not really on. I'm going to start getting back on soon, but just to detach my mind from what was happening. But I'll tell you that I felt so much grief. 
innocent lives. Like it's, it's almost as if the value of a life just doesn't matter. And we, and we see the same things in the U.S. when we look at the George Floyd, George Floyds, and we look at what happened to Breonna Taylor, and we look at what's happening with just black lives that we won't even know be, that have been murdered by systems of our government um, because they're not maybe on social media, so we'll never see. So we know, especially in the Western world, we know that pain. But us Nigerians, seeing that in our country, I know a lot of us, and I know the ones that are there in Nigeria, I can't even imagine the grief that you would have been feeling and talkless of me that I'm over here. And it's not like, thank God, I didn't know anybody who who died that day. But it was just, I, there was just things I just couldn't understand. The, the, the sheer wickedness of the people who put that order to do that um, and the lack of the value of life. I just couldn't understand. I, I couldn't even sleep. Honestly, last week, I just didn't, I couldn't even eat as much as I usually do because it just hurt me to my core. And something in me just, it just rose up that, no, I, I want to see justice now, okay? Like God, however you do it, bring justice on those who have done this to their people. And what's so sad about it is nobody in the government has taken responsibility for their actions. Nobody, nobody has claimed even like, you know, that, oh, you know, we ordered this, blah, blah, blah. We're sorry. President hasn't said sorry. People who own a toll gate laughing, talking about I'm the Jagaban, I'm this, I'm that. Like, oh, you know, like acting as if this is a joke. And I was just thinking, so you have that, the grief of losing these people. And what's so sad is people that were there say that they saw soldiers taking away bodies. So we'll never actually know how many people were lost. I kept thinking about mothers are probably looking for their children now. Where am I? Where's my kid? I'll never see my kid again. I can't even give my kid a proper burial because I don't know even where his body or her body is. So there's reports that, oh, 12 people died. And they say up to last time that I checked up to 56 people have died in, you know, in the last couple of weeks. And so we'll never really know. But all I know is there's no way that anybody that's been involved that has made people to cry and to cry bitterly will run away from this scotch-free. And this now led me to think about the church and think about believers, especially for us here in the U.S. that we are approaching election and kind of seeing what is happening um, in election and how that's playing out in people's faith and all that. And people are politicizing the gospel and Jesus. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, so that's one thing. Right. But it really had me thinking just about people because I said, how is it that you could be so wicked and continuously be so wicked to not only murder people in cold blood and deny that it happened because the government says it's fake news, by the way, you can do that, laugh about it and be okay with it and just keep moving on with your life as if, well, they're not going to do anything and blah, blah, blah. And then how does somebody get to that point, right? So what has come to my mind, and I think this is, a, you know, ultimately, yes, I'm informing those who may not be aware of what's happening in Nigeria, what is going on, but I think this is also a great message for the church or those who consider themselves believers. 
We need to be so careful about how we're operating in our lives daily. And what I mean by this is, what are those sins that you have that you you don't talk about to people, you don't hold yourself accountable, you haven't given to God, things that you do that you've gotten away with, and now it becomes fun for you to sin in such a way. Are you the type that talks about people? Do you slander people behind their back and think it's fun and cause fake rumors? Do you steal from people in a different way? Maybe you like to steal things that people won't notice, but you're like, oh, they have enough money, so it doesn't matter if I take it, they'll be okay. And you've made it fun doing little things, right? It's the things that nobody knows. And this is the problem when it comes to religion versus relationship because religion can now cover up those small sins because you're like well i'm not doing the big things you know i'm saying i ain't killing nobody i ain't doing this i'm not doing that so it shouldn't matter i'm still living for god you know praise him you know but in our hearts there are these sinful things that we're doing that are causing us to continuously grow into um sinfulness what comes to mind is the story of Cain and Abel. But more specifically in that story, when God was talking to Cain. So as you know, or if if you're not aware in the story, um, Cain brings a sacrifice to God, but God was not pleased with his sacrifice. But his brother Abel brings a sacrifice and he is pleased. And that brings Cain anger, right? So when we look at Genesis 4, we can look at verse six. It says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. And ultimately in the story, Cain is not able to get over his feelings of jealousy or frustration or whatever was going on in his heart. And he ultimately killed his brother. And then the Bible says in verse 10, the Lord said, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which is open its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. That's 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 one thing. We're going to focus on the first part, okay? We're going to focus on the first part. This is what I like what I receive from that scripture. There are things that we have in our hearts that we are hiding away from people. We are hiding away from God. We're getting away with them and we think that it's okay. We have thoughts or actions over stealing. We have jealousy. We have this. We have that. We have all types of stuff. And the Bible says that it desires to have you. It's crouching at the door, but you must master it. Meaning, you think that just because you're getting away with this small thing, you don't know the extent of what your sin can cause you to do and cause you to become. You think just because you get away with this small thing, you know, I'm not, it's not hurting nobody. So it doesn't matter. It's only for me. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? God gonna forgive me. You don't know by you continuously pursuing that sin, 
what it can lead you to do in the future, what it can lead you to do to, to tomorrow. There are good people that we say that we would have never thought that they would do something like this. I'm sure that when we look at these politicians in Nigeria growing up, I mean, I let me not say, I don't know, but a small, probably, they may not have had this type of characteristic before and all this people that are involved in this mess, right? But a little stealing here, a little I'll take this here, a little coveting here, a little jealousy there, a, a, a little manipulating here, right? Manipulating people into doing what you want them to do and all those different things. And you get away with it and you think you're on top of the world, right? That's the thing. We think, well, nobody's catching me. But let me tell you something. There is a God in heaven who sees, <laughs> And I love the name El Roy, the God who sees. And it was Hagar who said that, the first person in the Bible to name God that. When she was in the desert and she was thirsty and hungry, she thought she was going to die. And the angel came and she said, El Roy, the God who sees. And this is to the church. You may get away with doing things and human beings may not see you, but I promise you God sees you. Please understand that. You have to fear the Lord. Do not think that you look at somebody who's doing big sins and we're like, oh my God, how can I do that? But please look within your own heart too. What are you doing? What do we need cleansing from? And that's something that I'm really, you know, praying about more and more these days. That Lord, just show me what is going on with me and cleanse my heart because I don't want to be out here looking stupid. Some of us are looking very stupid. I'll be honest with you. It's not, it's not good. Just because we want to, eh, well, yeah, I don't, I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, nobody said nothing. So it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like God will forgive me. But it's like God sees. Even if we miss what's happening, God sees you. So even now when we look back at Nigeria, all these people that think, ah, I'm the Jagaba, you don't worry that I can't just see me. I'm powerful. I have money. That what are these people going to do? We'll just shoot them. We'll just do anything. Hmm. Elroy, the God who sees. God cares about those that are downcast, that are brokenhearted, that are considered foreigners, that are considered the lesser of our nation. There's so many scriptures that shows that the Lord cares for those that are considered the, I won't say lesser of the society, but those that are, I mean, he would use the word foreigners, the widows and the orphans. But we can look at that in present day. Those that are disadvantaged, those that are like in more vulnerable positions in our society and we will do things to now harm them mm. Elroy the God who sees Deuteronomy 27 verse 25 says cursed is anyone who accepts a bribe to kill an innocent person okay so God said that okay so don't you know what I'm saying Maybe, you know, people think that, oh, we'll get away with this. Those ones in government in Nigeria, well, we'll do this. Oh, those ones that are rich. Cursed is anyone who accepts a bribe to kill an innocent person. Psalm 82.3 says, give justice to the weak and to the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. It is our right and it is our position as believers to be in this way. But ultimately, if our heart is not in the right position, 
If we are doing things, we think we do this here, nobody's watching, nobody cares, or God, you know, God will forgive me so he doesn't care. If we're not grieved to grieve the Holy Spirit, that is how we end up like people that we're seeing in, in all this um, NSARS that are literally stopping the people from progressing. I mean, talk us of stopping bank accounts that people from the diaspora are sending money to so they can't send money to help protesters, feeding protesters, helping them, helping them to heal with medical, paying their medical bills because the government was also hiring all these hoodlums and thugs to literally beat protesters during protests. So they would be doing that and blocking money from getting to the protesters and all types of things. So that's why people have resorted to using Bitcoin and all types of just craziness. There is a God who sees. There is a God who sees and he will avenge the blood of those that have been fallen. Those that were killed innocently, he will avenge them. How he will do it, I don't know, but I will just tell you today that it's going to be done. There will be justice in the land of Nigeria and all these citizens that we're reforming all around the world too. There is going to be justice. I don't know if you have not been seeing, but Things are changing. 2020, yes, there was COVID and that had its own effects, but there are old systems that are being uprooted and, and a new thing that's happening. Just keep looking at the new thing. Let I mean, look, for Nigerians to literally be on the same accord across the diaspora to help, to want to help each other and walk with each other. And there's not even one leader of this NSARS movement. Literally, people are just coming together. That in itself is a testimony. That in itself. It's not like, oh, he's Igbo, he's Yoruba, I don't want to do that. Oh, he's Hausa, oh, I don't want to, none of that. There's literally complete unity in the movement. That is a testimony on its own. Things are changing. Don't be just in a day somewhere, well, you know what I'm saying, I'm keep doing the same old thing. Mm-mm. This is not the time. Because you don't know, sin is crouching at the door, waiting to pounce on you. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you. Ask God, what are the sins that I'm doing that are, that I'm even just the ones that you know are bad, that you know, but it's just because you haven't got caught. Ask for repentance. And the ones that you don't know, ask for repentance. Because we don't want to end up like these silly people. We don't want to be killing innocent people. And then the rest of our generations are messed up because we have blood on our hands. Like, you understand that? The actions that you do today can cause the generations after you to suffer. And that's what's happening to a lot of us. We're suffering sometimes in our life because of what our forefathers have done four generations prior. But because nobody has repented of it, nobody has done anything different because maybe we don't have the knowledge or we're not aware or we don't care. We think this is life as normal. We just, you know, okay, well, this is just how life is. Mm -mm, Honey, Mm -mm. (laughs) it is time. Wake up. Okay, God needs his people to be on point and not to have wickedness like this because the human heart, I mean, really, how, like, who knows what is in the human heart? I don't know how you can, you can make a, a command to kill your people openly and then call it fake news. I don't know how you do that. I don't know. And it grieves people and it grieves God too. It grieves God. As we, his people, are crying, God is also like, what? I mean, he ain't surprised, but it's just like, like, really? Like, 
but he has a plan and we'll see it manifest. We'll see what's going to happen. But first of all, let's look back at the church. Let's look at our hearts, especially in this political climate in the U.S. We need to really evaluate ourselves and see what is going on. What is in my heart? How am I contributing to, to injustice? Am I contributing to things that are hurting other people because I want to gain things for my own gain myself? That's selfishness. Self, self, self. Well, my family's important. Ain't nobody care about nobody else. You got to stand on your own. All those type of things. Be careful. Sin crouches at the door. Be so careful. And for those in Nigeria, know that I am standing with you and praying with you and really praying that justice will be served and reformation in Nigeria will come. And I will link, if I can find another link, I was donating to one place, but they met their goal. So ew. <laughs> if I can find another one, I will link it below or you maybe you find it on my social media. But if you feel in your heart to donate, donate to the movement that's happening in Nigeria as well. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can donate and really help and encourage the people of Nigeria that hope is still there and change is on its way. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I will speak to you on the next one. Bye.